Welcome to Technology Transfer IP. Technology transfer is the process by which valuable research, skills, knowledge, and technology developed by educational institutions is transferred to industry for development and to products and services that will benefit society. From basic patent licensing to promoting startups, entrepreneurship, and industry collaborations, while also investing in and managing technology developments. We bring you conversations with the leaders in technology transfer who will share their stories, including their successes, challenges, and expectations for the future. Here's your host, Lisa Mueller. Hello and welcome. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Bill Payne. Bill is the Executive Director of Science and Technology at the Polsky Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the University of Chicago. In this role, Bill leads technology commercialization, Polsky Science Ventures, and industry relation teams working to bring groundbreaking faculty research to the market. As a seasoned business and technology executive from the telecommunications industry, Bill most recently served as vice president and chief operating officer of Roberson and Associates Consulting. The firm's clients were from various technology industries and its services included intellectual property assessment and expert witness testimony. Bill has held leadership roles in product and technology development at Nokia, Motorola, and AT&T. He had business unit chief technology officer responsibilities at both Nokia and Motorola, driving innovations into commercial products and services. He led Nokia's small cell business line, as well as the development of Motorola's first commercial 4G LTE cellular infrastructure products. As CTO of Motorola's infrastructure business, he incentivized the development of idea disclosures and introduced an innovation gate process to track, promote, and move concepts toward patent filings and or commercialization. Bill is also an inventor with nine issued patents. Bill is also a startup veteran, having founded and built a company that developed a mobile advertising and sponsorship service that was integrated into AT&T's and Verizon's networks and approved for use. Bill received his BSEE from Purdue University his MSE from Georgia Tech, and his PhD in electrical engineering from the Illinois Institute of Technology. And with that extremely impressive background, welcome to the podcast, Bill. Thank you. Well, thanks so much again for taking part in the podcast. And Bill, I generally like to start the podcast off by asking my guests about their journey to tech transfer. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up at the Polsky Center at the University of Chicago? Yes. So thank you, Lisa. And uh, I'll, I'll start probably uh, further back than many of your guests uh, because it relates to the University of Chicago being on the south side of Chicago. I grew up on the south side, went to uh, Leo High School, Catholic High School. And uh, for me, uh, I, I kind of got the initiative and, and uh, awareness of the uh, engineering profession, uh, starting with my dad, who graduated from Hampton University in industrial arts. But unfortunately, due to the times that he uh, finished, he wasn't able to really get a, a job in that field, but uh, still, you know, valued the uh, potential for his son to get into a, uh, a science-based field. So with that, uh, and, and a program at Purdue University while I was a junior in high school, uh, kind of talking about the uh, advantages of uh, engineering as a, a as a career going forward. 
Uh, I made the choice to go into engineering, uh, spent four years at uh, Purdue University, uh, graduated bachelor's, started working at AT AT&T Bell Laboratories, um, and they uh, sent me to uh, Georgia Tech for my master's in electrical engineering, then came back and worked in the uh, optical switching area, which was a uh, growth field at that time for very high-speed transmission of, of information and did uh, my PhD work uh, at the Illinois Institute of Technology while working at uh, Bell Labs. So uh, started there in, in telecommunications, uh, did you know work in the optical communications, as I mentioned, as well as uh, early uh, internet uh, definition and internet uh, development, and then began to work on uh, cable uh, data systems. As I always say, there, there was a time when we really didn't uh, have our internet primarily provided by uh, cable data systems, uh, cable television data systems. Uh, And so worked on that as a a growth industry and then uh, moved over to Motorola, began working in their cable division and then uh, wireless, uh, another uh, growth industry. And I've been blessed to, to be, you know, part of some of these growth industries and to grow along with it. And, and I, uh, took on uh, larger responsibilities within, uh, Motorola, uh, wireless, uh, systems, uh, and became chief technology officer for the, the, what's called network systems, but it's the wireless, uh, infrastructure, uh, business within, uh, Motorola. And as chief technology officer, uh, that was the organization that did the advanced technology work, in, including intellectual property development, uh, responsible for also responsible for working with uh, our legal counsel organization for uh, you know licensing and licensing agreements and cross licensing, as well as working with uh, small uh, companies for you know bringing into Motorola uh, and. So that began my journey with respect to management of uh, intellectual property. Uh, we then sold that business to, to Nokia and uh, became uh, one of the chief technology officers there responsible for uh, North America, the North America customer base and our North America uh, operations. And then worked to uh, had a different venture of starting up my own company and uh, mobile sponsored data. For a few years, I sponsored that myself and, and uh, with a number of folks from uh, the former Nokia and Motorola. Uh, we merged that business into uh, the consulting business that I mentioned, Roberson and Associates, who you mentioned uh, earlier. Uh, and also, uh, I moved into that uh, organization and handled the chief operating officer responsibility as well as management of the 5G wireless uh, practice, if you will, within the uh, consulting company. And then uh, I saw this opportunity with the University of Chicago and kind of started thinking about it in a, in a different way because I, I could utilize my skills of technology development and technology you know, transfer, albeit within a, a corporate and industry environment, uh, potentially use those skills to uh, help the, the university to um, you know, better its operations uh, in, in this regard. Uh, and so that was the, the first thing that was, you know, very attractive with this opportunity. And, and the second was to be able to go back to the Hyde Park, uh, the south side of Chicago, and potentially do some uh, engagement with the community, uh, help the community to be able to extract uh, it, its capabilities with respect to entrepreneurship and in innovation, and uh, hopefully be able to make an impact. 
so that led me to this opportunity and and it's been great so far great people to work with great university and fabulous scientists that uh you know have great ideas and you know my role is to to work to commercialize those ideas and get them to have the most impact within the world and and also some uh returns on on the investment made you know to uh do that innovation Wow, that's quite a journey, Bill. And um, I wanted to ask you for those of our listeners who are not familiar with the Polsky Center, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yes. So, yes, it's a 60-person organization. You can think of it as the gateway you know, for entrepreneurship and innovation uh, within the Uni- University of Chicago. We work collectively to uh, take those groundbreaking ideas and, and discoveries and and work to, to develop them into uh, new products with corporations and, you know, startups and, uh, you know, new ventures. Uh, we're about uh, 60 people, you know, in size, uh, personnel size. And kind of think of our constituency as, as uh, students. You know, we, you know, focus on uh, trying to enhance uh, innovation and bring entrepreneur entrepreneurship uh, opportunities to our uh, students at, at Booth and, and across the university. My focus with the science and technology uh, piece of Polsky is to focus on our faculty and faculty uh, innovations, uh, work to uh, commercialize those uh, ideas and uh, innovations, as well as work with faculty members who have the the innovations as well as the aspirations to uh, form their own venture. And uh, so we do some uh, programming and, and work there to help them to cross that chasm. And then the other uh, is the community, the uh, outreach to the community and, and again, uh, helping to uh, uh, work to, to you know, build up the uh, capabilities there on, on the South Side. And I think that's a good segue, Bill. Could you describe for us how the Polsky Center helps to promote a culture of innovation and entrepreneurship at the University of Chicago? Yes. So uh, it's kind of several fold. Uh, one is through the, the programming and training uh, that we do. And, you know, in a way, everything is about the, the faculty and students and, and uh, obviously the, the community as well. But uh, we have, you know, programs uh, such as, you know, i or in our, uh, you know, maybe talk a little bit more about it in the future, a new venture challenge. And with all of those um with all of those programs, there's, you know, training associated with it in, you know, forming a business, uh, you know, setting a strategic direction, uh, developing a, a product roadmap, uh, working to commercial to commercialize the technology, including uh, development of the intellectual property, you know, how to uh, actually, you know, actually uh, do that work with the Polsky organization and uh, that training then gets you know more and more focused, uh, more and more you know sophisticated as you work as a, a faculty member or a student uh, works his or what her way through the uh, programs within Polsky, the pipeline of programs within Polsky. Uh, so at the output, we we look to uh, provide the opportunity for uh, not just the uh, training associated with it, but in, in many cases, you know, helping to uh, make connections so that the companies are formed and they're able to, uh, you know, build out their initial uh, leadership positions, 
uh, as well as introductions to the venture community, which you know can potentially provide some capital for the companies. Now, I know you have something called the Polsky Exchange. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Yes. So that is uh, a two two buildings, if you will, on the south side of Chicago, uh, 53rd Street in, in Hyde Park, uh, collectively 34,000 uh, square square feet of uh, uh, space for co-working, students co-working uh, and, and being able to uh, come together to you know work on uh, various aspects associated with their their innovations or company formation. Uh, we also uh, view it as an incubator and again co-working space and incubation. Uh, but part of the facility is also a fabrication lab, uh, and we have three D printers and other type of equipment for you know prototyping new new concept, new ideas, uh, and also the the, the other kind of area of focus uh, within the exchange is, uh, you know, providing mentoring programs as well as some training, you know, for uh, people uh, within the community as well as uh, at large within the university as well. So, Bill, can you tell us a little bit about some of the funding opportunities that are available to student, faculty, staff, and alumni-led startup companies at the University of Chicago? Uh, yes, I'd be happy to. And, and uh, first, maybe I'll, I'll focus on the uh, uh, New Venture Challenge, which has been uh, in existence for uh, for 25 years within the University of Chicago. And it has uh, supported over 300 companies that are still operating and uh, raised a billion dollars and, and created a seven and a half billion dollars of wealth and uh, incremental value based on mergers and, and exits. And we've had you know companies like Grubhub and Braintree uh, gone through that and gotten their start uh, and on to, you know, brilliant uh, advanced uh, formation and, and, you know, revenue and, and wealth creation going forward. But with within the, you know, Polsky Center, we not only have new venture challenge types of uh, programs, uh, we also have uh, programs that focus on faculty members themselves like i uh, where uh, this is a program that's sponsored by the National Science Foundation, and it helps to uh, support uh, customer discovery at early stage. So a you know, faculty member who has an idea about a, a technology and wants to commercialize it uh, can go through through that program and, and get some funding in order to be able to you know, sample the customers out there and be able to determine what the, the market is. We have a new uh, Compass Deep Tech Accelerator that we established uh, last year, and it is for the uh, establishment of companies to eventually uh, be uh, introduced to uh, the venture uh, world. And it is uh, has four verticals that we're focused on right now, uh, quantum technology, materials, uh, data science, uh, computer science, and, and life science. And, and we're working to uh, take uh, new ideas and, and new innovations and uh, faculty members that want to create companies and move them uh, through this program. And uh, that helps them to position themselves for the new venture challenge, which I spoke about earlier, or the George Schultz uh, Innovation Fund, uh, which is, is a 10-year plus funding uh, program that uh, has funded programs to levels of six figures and uh, help them in their you know early stage creation. And uh, generally, we have uh, two cohorts per year uh, for the George Schultz Innovation Fund. 
Now, Bill, I wanted to turn back to your office for a second. And you mentioned a little bit earlier that it's a fairly large office of around 60 people. Can you tell us in a little bit more detail how your office is actually structured? Yes. So uh, 60 uh, people and we have the three organizations, primary organizations that uh, you know focus on the students as well as uh, scientists, you know, faculty and uh, innovators, uh, you know, within the uh, university staff, uh, faculty staff, and and then uh, the community. And uh, my focus again is the faculty innovations and uh, promoting those and and establishing intellectual property and moving those to uh, uh, to commercialization. Uh, so within and just to to get to the next level, the folk, the group that focuses on on students uh, is primarily kind of housed in the, in the booth uh, U Chicago booth school, and uh, that is led by Dan Sachs. And we're currently looking for leader for the uh, Polsky Exchange, and then I lead the science and technology group, and and we have uh, marketing. Uh, and, and a uh, operations group to, to uh, Mish Brigande and uh, head, heads marketing and James Licklider heads our operations group. And then going to the next level within the Polsky Science and Technology uh, organization, my team, uh, we have on the order of 20 people and, and uh, we have the tech transfer operations. We are functionally organized. So we have a, a separate team that's focused on intellectual property uh, development and management. Uh, and then we have a, a second team that's focused on uh, business development, licensing, and uh, establishing those uh, royalty agreements. Uh, and then we have a, another group that is focused on industry relations, forming those partnerships with corporations for helping to bring a more strategic relationship uh, with our faculty, which leads to research sponsorship as well as opportunities for licensing. Uh, so that group does industry relations and it also does uh, what we call market intelligence, which is a function of marketing the technologies that we have available for corporations and startups to uh, license. And then we also have a, a science ventures, Polsky Science Ventures group. Uh, and that team is um, manages Compass, which I, I talked about earlier, as well as the George Schultz Innovation Fund. Uh, they work with faculties in order to help them, faculty members, in order to help them to establish their company uh, and uh, make sure that they have the right, you know, IP uh, coverage and you know licenses that are set up, and their connection makes connections help them to connect with the venture community in order to uh, gain capital to move the company forward. Now, Bill, I was wondering if you could tell us how many invention disclosures, patent filings, revenue generating agreements, royalty income, and other metrics that your office had in the last year. Yes. So I won't, uh, Lisa, talk uh, about the absolute numbers, but maybe talk about trends. Uh, so, and, and, you know, last year was such an anomaly, you know, with the pandemic. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a couple of things happened. One is that, you know, the school and laboratories shut down. Uh, so, you know, that is somewhat problematic with respect to, uh, you know, some of the development of the, you know, technologies and, and you know, those things that are dependent on the lab, on laboratory 
you know, work to, to get accomplished. But the, and that's on one side. But on the other side, we found initially that uh, our inventors were able to address some of the ideas that they had that were on the back burner uh, because they weren't going into the lab, at least initially in the during the pandemic period. Uh, that they were able to, you know, take some time and, and focus on actually doing the formal disclosures that they may not have gotten to had they, you know, been, you know, busy with their lab work. So, you know, a kind of a plus and minus. Uh, and, you know, what what I've found from most of the, you know, peer institutions, and, and you know, they can obviously speak for themselves, but generally there, there's been a little bit of a reduction in invention disclosures through the pandemic. But what we have found uh, is that we actually beat the uh, performance of fiscal year 19. This past year, fiscal year, you know, 2021, we and, and fiscal year 20 as well, we beat, uh, you know, the, the previous year. And the reason is because I, I think we had a plus, more of a plus, you know, with uh, getting our faculty members to, you know, focus on their, you know, inventions and, you know, getting things, uh, getting their disclosures filed. So in that sense, we're this year up uh, with respect to our, our disclosures. Uh, and we have some multi-year goals, uh, you know, based on kind of the size of uh, our university and research uh, budget and expenses. Uh, and then as far as patents uh, issues, pat- I'll, I'll say patents filed. Uh, yeah, we met our goal there and exceeded our goal and licensing agreements and options. Uh, we're quite far ahead there of uh, the uh, goal that we had in, in previous year. And uh, I think some of that on the licensing side has to do with, you know, companies in general were uh, efficient in in a way for some things at least you know more efficient during these pandemic times when there was less travel and um, you know fewer you know time that's spent in between meetings as we go from meeting to meeting with zoom there's some efficiencies there even on the corporate side that we feel that we were able to take advantage of as far as their interactions with us and forming agreements with us yeah, and Bill, what you were saying about your numbers and your metrics um, is very similar to what I've had other guests say on this podcast to your peer institutions, very, very similar. And and also um, they found working with industry, it was a lot more efficient during the pandemic for exactly what you said. It seemed like people were focused, they didn't have travel and they weren't going on vacation and everybody was working more. So it seemed like things worked a little bit more efficiently um, and things got done a lot faster than maybe they would have before the pandemic. So so switching gears a little bit, Bill, I wanted to ask you what you think is most important in managing innovations to have the greatest opportunity for success. Yes, I believe that, you know, ultimately you've got to have the ideas. And so the thing that I look at most are the invention disclosures, uh, you know, what's coming into our pipeline, what's the uh, number of you know innovations that are coming in, the quality of those innovations, um, the promise of those innovations. So, you know, getting that you know start of uh, ideas and concepts into our pipeline is uh, something that I focus on uh, quite heavily. And in that regard, we 
work with our faculty in order to stimulate them, you know, some to uh, bring their ideas forward. So I spend time at uh, faculty meetings and, you know, department meetings and my uh, staff members, team members uh, do the same. They meet with uh, new faculty members uh, that have come in, uh, try to understand, you know, their areas of focus. Uh, we pri- try to provide based on our interactions with corporations and the things that we see, uh, we try to provide feedback uh, to our faculty about uh, areas of growth and areas of opportunity uh, for them to potentially, you know, focus some of their research on. Uh, so I, I focus on that that front end because uh, ultimately you have to have, you know, those inventions and concepts and innovations coming in, whatever you want to call them, coming in. Uh, to be able to, you know, build uh, on that, you know, throughout the, the rest of the pipeline and, and where they end up. Bill, I wanted to ask you about corporate partners and the role they've played in tech transfer there at the Polsky Center. And specifically, I wanted to ask if you could give us some examples of some relationships that you have with some corporate partners. Yes. So a couple of things there. We we have kind of multiple paths into, you know, Polsky for our, you know, corporate uh, partners and, and opportunities there. Uh, we do our, our own outreach. Uh, I mentioned that we do have uh, a group that's focused on industry relations uh, that uh, works with strategic companies in order to build a relationship, uh, build a pipeline, AbV is a strategic partner of ours in, in oncology, and uh, we've cultivated that relationship. We have others uh, as well that uh, we've built those kinds of uh, strong relationships with. That's one path. The other path is through our uh, marketing of our technologies and, and you know working with companies on uh, groups of uh, ideas and groups of intellectual property that we have, you know, that may be able to uh, allow them to, you know, build out their products. And, and so it's kind of two fronts, uh, one on the relationship side, the other, you know, based on the uh, technology and, and you know, individual uh, licensing opportunities. And we've started doing some uh, things where with uh, our corporate partners where, where we will focus on a you know particular area, uh, chemical biology, or uh, we've got a, a second one that, that's coming up uh, as well that we work, and we we gather our researchers within that particular area that may be across departments and across schools. Uh, we gather them to focus on their piece of that particular area, and then we uh, work with a you know corporate partner. To have a you know fairly you know substantial you know afternoon morning session uh, to talk about that area and, and how it is addressed uh, with the you know specific research uh, you know focus that we have across the university and we found that that has helped to you know build up uh, relationship and, and get some. Um, interactions going that probably would not have happened you know had we handled it differently. And would you say having these corporate partners has led to more deals or would you say differently structured deals? I think more deals. Uh, this is we're fairly you know, early in uh, the development of, of this 
kind of focus and strategy. Uh, I think, you know, we can say that we have some deals that uh, are in the works at this point that probably would not have happened had we not, you know, organized ourselves this way and gone after the partners in this fashion. And we, we look at it more holistically. Uh, so it's not just establishment of the relationship strictly for, you know, licensing technology, but, you know, building up a, a more comprehensive relationship with certain strategic partners and then leveraging that for licensing if the opportunity is there, but also for, you know, research, sponsored research. And, you know, based on that, then we expect the outcome, you know, would lead to more licensing opportunities. Now, what about the role of philanthropic organizations, things like the Gates Foundation? Do you have much interaction with them there at the Polsky Center? So I personally don't have interactions with foundations like the Gates Foundation, but however, we do have uh, philanthropic activity for our, you know, some of our uh, programs. One, uh, the George Schultz Innovation Fund uh, is based on philanthropy uh, and a commitment that was made, you know, for 10 years and name and, and the name associated with it, you know, based on, on that ag- agreement. And uh, so we, that is, uh, you know, part of the operations and, uh, you know, capabilities that we have, you know, with our, our programs. So uh, there's a piece that's associated with, uh, you know, philanthropic type operations and, and organizations. Uh, the other is, you know, funding based on the, uh, you know, royalty dollars or licensing uh, dollars that come in from our you know, tech transfer operations. Now, Bill, you mentioned a little bit earlier uh, Grubhub and Braintree. So I was wondering if you could describe for us some of the Polsky Center's biggest success stories, whether it's successful technologies, startups, things like that. Yes. So uh, we've had, you know, Grubhub and and Braintree, and and we've had a a number of companies that kind of come out of our uh, application uh, space uh, and this, you know, great growth of you know, mobile, our mobile lifestyle and, and, uh, you know, opportunities there. Uh, the, on the science side, uh, things take, you know, a little bit longer. Uh, so we do have some startups that have, have gotten going and some technologies that are starting to pay off. We have one that, uh, has been, you know, focused on, you know, heart ailments here that, uh, has, you know, provided, uh, you know, a new growth area with one of our partners, uh, Pfizer. And uh, then we we are, you know, working with faculty members for these startups in order to, you know, get them in the pipeline, either for being bought by larger companies or their technology, uh, you know, being uh, consumed and, you know, by other companies for uh, opportunities going forward. So, Bill, Along with great success come some challenges. So what would you say two of your office's biggest challenges are? One of our, you know, biggest challenges that we, and let me make it, you know, specific to my time here, which has, you know, been uh, a little over a, a year. There are a couple of things that I've worked to manage. The, the first one is that, inter, again, I think it had to do with the pandemic. Uh, we had some attrition, and I think it again is uh, you know pluses and minuses uh, in this 
you know, pandemic period where uh, people did not have to, you know, move uproot uh, family in order to start a, a new job. Uh, we had some some folks that, you know, wanted to go uh, into industry and decided to take take uh, advantage of some opportunities, uh, you know, during this pandemic period. On the plus side, though, we were able to get uh, some great people in to, you know, backfill them and, and keep our machine and and tech transfer operations uh, going and, and uh, you know, keeping ourselves focused on these opportunities that, you know, out there with uh, in these various industries. The other challenge that I uh, took on uh, with our operations is that uh, we had a change in how we uh, do business uh, within our uh, tech transfer office. We reorganized to more of a functional model. I, I mentioned earlier about how we were organized and, and we have a uh, group that is uh, specifically focused on IP development and IP management. And we have a, another separate group that's focused on uh, business development, uh, which uh, is primarily licensing. And that is not how this you know, office had been uh, organized in the past. It, it was uh, in the past sort of soup to nuts that you had uh, individuals that uh, carried the concept through the IP development and into licensing and, and the you know, same uh, person or, you know, people handled that, uh, you know, across the office. We decided to take this tack in order to scale up our operations uh, and build what I would call centers of excellence. Uh, you know, in IP management and, and uh, business development. So you get that expertise. And as, you know, new technologies, new ideas come in, uh, the people within those particular functional areas are very uh, experienced in carrying it forward, even if they have to spend uh, some of their time to understand the technology better, they are much more proficient with respect to the process itself in moving it through the pipeline. So the you asked me challenge. The challenge was, uh, you know, working with the office in order to create this new uh, structure within the office, and at the same time, you know, not lose pace, and at the same time, handle uh, any attrition that we we've had. So th those are kind of the challenges from the uh, you know, second half of uh, 2020 and, and early 2021. So, Bill, switching gears a little bit, I wanted to ask you, does the Polsky Center have any programs to help encourage and assist women and other traditionally underrepresented inventors and entrepreneurs? And if so, could you tell us a little bit more about those? So I would maybe recraft a question uh, some that we tend to focus on uh, underrepresented groups in all of our programs, if that makes sense. And we are constantly working to see, you know, how we can uh, address the community at large in our programs overall. So we we have engagement. I mentioned through the uh, exchange on the South Side, we are constantly looking at uh, what the the uh, representation is uh, for, you know, all of the programs that we have. Uh, there was a, an announcement about our, our new quantum accelerator called Duality. And as we're going through the first cohort and, and the first uh, set of companies to participate in Duality, you know, one of the things that uh, we were uh, focused on is, you know, what's the representation? And is it, 
the representation that you know we would like to to see and feel is representative and you know what can we do in in order to get uh more underrepresented you know communities involved in not just the duality accelerator but quantum in general so we've as part of our quantum overall program, uh, we started to, you know, craft and work with local organizations, uh, to see how we can educate, you know, schools and that, you know, have, uh, underrepresent, underrepresentation, uh, uh, you know, within the, you know, larger Chicago, you know, community, uh, to see how we can, you know, bring these new, uh, technology opportunities, you know, to the school so that they can, you know, begin to uh, educate the folks there as to, you know, the new things that will be out in the workforce uh, and, you know, the new opportunities for them uh, going forward. Uh, so that's kind of how we look at it as opposed to very specific programs, but, you know, making sure that the pro- within the programs that we have, that we, you know, focus on, you know, diversity and, and inclusion. Well, Bill, I also wanted to ask you about the organizations, things like Autumn and LES that you and your team are involved in. Can you tell us a little bit about what you participate in and what value you think they add? Yes, we do uh, participate in Autumn uh, and, you know, we're looking forward to getting together again face-to-face. The thing that I think Feel that uh, you know autumn, and uh, there's another one with respect to Ivy, uh, you know Ivy uh, colleges and universities, uh, so-called Ivy Tech. Uh, the thing that is great is to be able to talk about uh, best practices uh, and be able to relate to others. You know what kinds of trends are they they seeing? We talked about trends earlier, uh, and you know how are they handling uh, issues. Uh, things uh, such as, you know, how startups are formed and, you know, how how are they, you know, supported, uh, management of any, uh, you know, conflicts of interest and, and uh, those types of things are, are great, you know, to be able to, you know, talk to within a, a group of peers and be able to, you know, do some uh, exchange of uh, best ideas with respect to best practices and, and trends and, uh, you know, be able to, uh, uh, you know, understand how uh, things are addressed, uh, you know, within other universities. We also, uh, within Autumn, we participate in, in their licensing survey. Uh, it helps us to uh, see, you know, where we are with respect to our metrics. And uh, we're kind of, we shape our goals, frankly, uh, within Tech Transfer around uh, the, you know, kind of measures that are, are uh, surveyed, you know, by autumn. So, Bill, I wanted to ask about your view on credentialing, things like the registered technology transfer professional, the RTTP designation, the certified licensing professional, CLP. What's your view on that? And do you think it makes a difference? I think it makes a difference to the individual. We have a, a special focus on development individual development and uh, managers sit down with individuals to to help to you know craft their or understand uh, their objectives uh, you know with respect to c- career and you know help with uh, getting them the the type of either credentialing or or 
education that helps continuing education to help the, uh, them achieve their goals. Uh, we do have uh, people that are you know taking or going through and looking to achieve uh, their uh, certified licensing uh, uh, credentials. Uh, we also have uh, people on our you know IP side, tech development side that are focused on uh, getting their patent bar. We have and, and there are uh, three that are going to be you know going through that uh, next month. Uh, so we I, I do feel that it from my management point of view, uh, it helps to you know build up the expertise within uh, the group you know, based on, you know, formal training and, you know, formal uh, testing and, and licensing. Uh, but I also think it, it's very worthwhile for the uh, individuals to, you know, help them to achieve their uh, career aspirations and gives them, you know, something that helps to identify their level of proficiency. So, Bill, I generally like to close the podcast by asking my guests, if you could have any three wishes granted or a vision realized for your office, what would that be? Yes. So, uh, good question. And I would like us to, with respect to the University of Chicago, uh, you know, continue to uh, scale up our, you know, operations and tech transfer. That means to uh, rise, you know, with respect to our you know, peer organizations uh, relative to invention disclosures and the follow-on of, you know, filings and, and opportunities for licensing. Uh, I'd like to uh, create a new uh, set of, you know, unicorn companies that, you know, help to, you know, show everyone else the uh, opportunities that are out there and, and building up a, uh, you know, a new, a new industries at large. So, you know, that I see as a, a wish. And these are things that, you know, I work on. And uh, I want to make, you know, my organization and, you know, Polsky uh, be a fun place to work. Uh, and, you know, a place where, you know, people you know, want to come to fulfill this uh, mission of commercialization and enjoy the various uh, aspects that we have. I mean, the uniqueness of Polsky is that we have that uh, entrepreneurship training and you know education, in addition to uh, the uh, technology commercialization as well as the community aspect. That's kind of unique from what I've seen, you know, within a uh, you know a, a single organization, it, and it brings you know great opportunity uh, for people to come in and and do different things across the the organization uh, and it it is also challenging sometimes but you know if we can make it a great place for people to work you know overall I think we'll continue to you know build up uh, you know Polsky and you know build up our uh, staff and and our output uh, which ultimately you know builds our uh, you know, credibility and, and brand, you know, across the industry at large and, you know, within the university, within UChicago. Well, Bill, I can't thank you enough for all your insights and time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. If any of our listeners want to reach out and ask you any questions, where can they reach you? You can always reach me at Bill Payne, one word, at uchicago.edu, Bill Payne at uchicago.edu. Great. Well, thank you so much again, Bill. It's been really great to have this opportunity to talk to you. Thank you, Lisa, and good luck. 
Thank you for listening to Technology Transfer IP. Please visit us online for more resources at techtransferipforum.com. New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and a line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.